Get the inside scoop on what VCs are thinking and where they are investing today and tomorrow. Ann Kennedy and Jillian Music guide you through the opaque world of venture capital and reveal all the ways you can source capital for your company's growth. It all starts right here with Ann Kennedy and Jillian Music on VC Confidential. Welcome to VC Confidential. I'm Ann Kennedy and I'm here with my co-host and partner at Outlines Venture Group, Jillian Music. Together we are managing directors of the Sibylla Masters Fund. You can learn more about that at masters.vc. This show is for investors and entrepreneurs alike. We are having a grand time ripping that opaque lid off the world of conventional venture capital to show you how it works and uh, sometimes how it doesn't work. (laughs) Hi, Jillian. What's in your mind today? Hey, Anne. It's good to hear from you again. Um, I'm thinking about venture debt today. And I am super excited because we are joined by Denise Dunlap of Sage Growth Capital, and that's exactly what they do. So I'm really kind of excited to learn more about this whole thing. Hi, Denise. Welcome to VC Confidential. Hi, ladies. Thank you for having me today. Delighted to have you. So let's start off by talking about you. How did you get into this profession, uh, in particular into the profession of venture debt? And what was your trajectory to get here? Sure. So I actually started out in the tech world. I was uh, the CEO of an IT services company. And once we exited that company, I was sort of wandering around looking for my next gig. And a friend of mine invited me to join our local angel investor group. And so I joined that group in 2008 and started doing angel investing, which is, you know, the junior version of venture capital, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And, and we, yeah, we've been there too. (laughs) (laughs) And so I really enjoyed that because it was, you know, there was an economic downturn at the time and I could come to these meetings and see all these crazy entrepreneurs with these great ideas. And there was just a different sort of energy in the room. And I had always been interested in that. And so I ended up becoming an angel investor. And from there, I ended up being one of the people that managed the funds, the angel funds. And I started a company to provide those services to angel investors across the country. So uh, as part of that, I continued my investing activities. I'm based out of Boise, Idaho, which many of you are probably familiar with. It's a very uh, quickly growing part of the country. And at the time though, we really struggled with having enough of deal flow and exits to really keep an angel group going, which is pretty common in any of the sort of flyover states or markets that are not on the coasts. And so as the fund administrator of that group, I started to say, there's got to be some other options for these companies, not only because the investors you know, we're not wanting to stay involved long-term because they were still waiting 15 years for their exits, Mm -hmm. but because we just didn't see many options for the other companies. So a lot of the companies were taking equity funding when they probably shouldn't have, and they were coming up with exit strategies and things that maybe weren't right for their business because that's what they had to do in order to get the funding. And so when I was trying to tackle this problem, looking at what are some other options. I came across the concept of revenue-based finance, which falls under that venture debt uh, term. And that was where I decided I wanted to launch a fund to do this type of investing because it it fit 
a lot more companies than the traditional equity model did. And so we can get into that a little bit more later. I know you're planning to ask me about that, but that was really my trajectory. So in July of 2019, we started Sage Growth Capital. We launched that fund. And it was interesting because the investor base got the concept right away. <laughs> we launched our fund and closed it in less than six months and it was oversubscribed. And so a lot of our investors were angel investors and they definitely were feeling like, uh, you know, they wanted some alternatives. And so that was how we launched mm -hmm. Sage Growth Capital. And uh, we are two years into this now and we're almost fully invested and ready to start thinking about our second fund. Okay, so um, oversubscribed, fully invested, thinking about your second fund, you've obviously hit on something that's working. So uh, congratulations on all fronts. Um, before we get into the particulars of exactly how Sage Growth works, and I do want to dig in as much as you're you know, willing and permitted to share here, um, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about the differences between venture capital, which is kind of venture equity as we generally think of it, and venture debt. What changes there? What are the, the levers? Sure. So, and I'll caution you, I am not an expert on all forms of venture debt. I, uh, I'm not even sure I'm an expert on revenue-based finance, which is what I'm doing because I'm still learning a lot. But um, typically, I mean, debt is debt, right? You're expected to yep. repay it. And uh, venture equity is people putting money into your business in exchange for getting that money back out at some future point in time, typically not in the term, uh, in the form of payments, but in the form of I sell my company or merge with another company and then all of the original shareholders get paid out. So that's one of the, the big things with equity is that when, you, when you're in, you're in until the end, right? Whatever mm -hmm. that end looks like, but with venture debt, there is a, you know, that intention to get paid back. And so- well I, I would point out, Denise, that, um, you know, in equity, you have an intention to be paid back and the entrepreneurs listening in should know also that they will pay it back, but they will yes. pay it back at extraordinary rates because they pay it back only once at the end of the whole game, as you pointed out. So with equity, you're into the end. You're absolutely right. With debt, you're not necessarily into the end. So you can fund in all kinds of different ways, which is kind of exciting. Yes, and thank you for pointing that out because I often like I coach, I coach entrepreneurs a lot, and I that's the first thing I tell them is, look, this is not free money, guys. You know, you that's are right. paying it's it back in an expensive. expensive. Yes, and in exp exponential rates, and so let's not think about it as far as well. I have to worry about that in ten to fifteen years because that there's a lot that will happen between then and now. So thank you for pointing that. You're right. <laughs> yeah. It is it is very expensive, and you are expected to get paid back. However, what I I guess what I should have said is that you know with venture debt you there are payments at a much sooner <laughs> scale right you, you're right. expected to pay that back right. sooner it's than, more structured um, yes, <laughs> yes. Right. and it's closer to a, con, a typical loan sometimes right so yeah. so there's a lot of uh different ways that that can happen um but yeah the biggest the biggest thing is really that expectation of when you get paid back i think that really um you know people need to think about Okay, so uh, en route to getting to how Sage Growth operates in venture debt, uh, what kinds of venture debt would you see as being available to these companies? Well, a lot of that depends on the company. 
Um, if they have receivables, for instance, you can always do uh, financing around receivables where you use your receivable as collateral, right? Um, mm -hmm. There's factoring, there's merchant cash advances. All of those have very particular terms that are dependent on the company meeting those criteria, just like a bank loan. You know, the, the banks will lend to just about any industry, right? But they have to, you have, you have to have the ability to pay them back. You have to have the balance sheet that supports it, um, you know, whatever that is. So, so if your company doesn't have equipment or you don't operate with receivables, for instance, obviously you couldn't get those kinds of loans that are secured with those assets. Um, you know, that's it. So I guess the answer is it depends. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree. Uh, one of the things we talk a lot about are things like royalty agreements here. Again, you can't take that asset to the bank and expect them to lend on it as a collateral, but you can do it with a venture debt venture capitalist, right? They look at that and they say, okay, yeah, we get that. And we're going to take a percentage of your gross or adjusted gross or whatever, you know, they'll figure it out, right? Revenues from that royalty or for the whole company has those royalties or something like that. So very, you know, uh, tight kinds of options available. Um, have you I guess as, as we uh, you know get into this, I, I know I want to get into this in segment two deeply, but um, do you also think about collateralizing or if you will, funding a particular piece of a company rather than the entire company where you say, we're going to take our repayments you know, on this venture debt from a piece of the sales, sales of that game or sales of this royalty or a license or whatever it is, or do you always do it over the whole company? So for Sage Growth Capital, we definitely do it over the whole company. Mm -hmm. Our uh, experience is a little bit more along the lines of um, we're a little bit like an, an angel or a, a VC in the sense that we're looking at the, the whole company's potential for growth, but we're Got also it. looking yeah. at their past performance. Right. So, but generally we're looking at the full company versus a specific line item. Right. Okay. Yeah, well, that oh, makes sense. You fund uh, <coughs> uh, companies rather than products, which is um, the way we like to look at it too. You know, we need to take a break now. And then um, when we come back, we would like to get it really dig into how you operate with Sage Growth Capital at, um, in venture debt. Uh, so we're going to take a pause now for our sponsors and we'll be right back. Uh, with VC Confidential and Denise Dunlap of Sage Growth Capital. More ways you can source capital for your company's growth on VC Confidential is coming up. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. 
Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY Podcasting System. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one training. A weekly podcast for you or your company. Distribution to almost every podcast portal. An embeddable player for your website. An ebook called How to Podcast, created for WMR.FM show hosts. And much, much more. And best of all, You'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. Ann Kennedy and Jillian Music are back with the inside scoop on what VCs are thinking and where they are investing today and tomorrow on VC Confidential. Only on WMR.FM. Welcome back to VC Confidential. I'm Ann Kennedy with Jillian Music. We're talking about what you as an investor, advisor, or entrepreneur need to know about venture capital. Today, we're talking with Denise Dunlap, who is a partner in Sage Growth Capital, which, um, and at Sage Growth, uh, you do venture debt. And in the first segment, we were talking a little bit about various kinds of venture debt and, and how you got to be where you are. Denise, can you take us now into some detail about just how Sage Growth Capital operates in venture debt? You mentioned you like to look at the whole company. Um, tell us more about that. Yeah, so our typical companies that come to us are the ones that maybe are not ready for venture capital or who choose not to take venture capital. And for various reasons, they are not a fit for bank lending. So revenue-based finance or RBF as I refer to it really fills in a a need in that segment in between those two forms of, of funding. And so a lot of times what will happen is a company will come to us and say, hey, I've got this new product line or this new project or or some specific thing that is going to help my company's trajectory increase significantly. And I need funding to do that, but it doesn't feel right to me to go get, you know, uh, venture equity. <laughs> Sorry, trying to get all my terms straight. Um, <laughs> so Denise, um, you're saying they could be too early for venture equity, but perhaps they're just not suited to it at all. Uh, they might have a new service line as opposed to a new product line. Would that be right? Yes. Yep. That is a fair statement. So so what we're seeing often is companies that are planning to get equity or maybe already have taken equity, but the timing right now that they need the cash is not right. So it may be that they want to go out and get a future round of equity, but they want to make sure that when they do that, their valuation is much higher than it is today and they can get there by completing this particular project or product line or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's where we're really seeing an interesting uh, need for this kind of funding is we're seeing it rather than doing traditional bridge loan, which would be maybe the in, in equity world, a uh, bridge round is often a convertible note that, that later on converts to debt. So what we're seeing is companies going, well, why wouldn't I do a bridge round that is non-dilutive? So 
hopefully everybody knows what that means, but essentially, <laughs> um, <laughs> essentially without taking on additional equity investors, I can get money that will project my company forward. And then it doesn't have to convert into further dilution for me later on. So that's kind of right. what we're seeing. Mm -hmm. uh, so non-dilutive funding, I think is really an important uh, terminology. You're right, uh, Denise, on that one. Non-dilutive, literally, you don't dilute your equity, you know, and uh, you don't give any equity pieces in exchange for the capital. So um, non-dilutive funding, I think, is kind of that overarching thing on venture debt, right? And both yes. investors and entrepreneurs often like that as a piece of the, uh, the, the full picture of what we call the capitalization stack. Yes, absolutely. And investors like it too, which sounds kind of funny, right? But mm -hmm. if you think about it, I've had a couple of situations where I'm an, I'm an equity investor in a company and I want them to delay going out and getting more equity investors for as long as they can because that mm -hmm. preserves my position. And so if they go out and say, I'm doing a bridge round of this revenue-based finance, well, sure, I'm happy for them to do that because that means that I'm not giving up additional equity when that note converts later on, right? So, so existing investors typically are pretty happy about this level, this type of finance as well. And obviously the entrepreneurs like it because then they're preserving their own ownership. Mm -hmm. That's right. So yeah, investors like non-dilutive as well as entrepreneurs uh, for some pieces of it. Of course, you don't yeah. want to carry too much debt on the books, but you also don't want to uh, dilute everybody. What I often tell entrepreneurs, and maybe you do the same, is that you're going to hand out the largest amount of stock for the smallest amount of cash at the earliest stages. Taking non-dilutive funding in the middle here, if you will, makes so much sense. Uh, it's between the rounds when you can get to a higher valuation, a stronger uh, negotiating uh, position and so on, when the value of the company can be increased dramatically. So what I'm hearing though, is you do often look then at increase in the value of the company or valuation of the company, not necessarily just the increase in revenues, which often does mean increase in valuation. I get that. But you, you focus kind of further down the line, say, no, we're looking for increase in valuation here. Well, so for our funding, we're not necessarily looking at valuation because it doesn't matter to us. We're not having that conversation like you would in an equity investment. What we are really looking, I mentioned that because it's um, a happy byproduct, I guess, yes. of taking our kind of funding because uh -huh. we just had a company in the same situation when we first invested in his business, he was raising a convertible note at, I think the valuation was around a million and a half. And we came in, did our funding that projected him forward to accomplish the things that he needed to do. And a year later, he is now raising his series A with a valuation of 20 million. So mm -hmm. now that's not all due to our funding, but a big part of it is because he was able to do the things that he needed to do to get that company in position to, to command that higher valuation. So we as Sage Growth Capital really don't care about his valuation because it doesn't matter to our funding. That's not Correct. part of the discussion, right. but it does matter because we can see where our funding absolutely helped him get to that point. And so... Mm -hmm. You know, what I'm trying to, to get across is that for, for founders that are looking for ways to have that leverage when they do go out for equity funding, this is a good way to get there, assuming that they qualify, right? Yeah. Not every company yeah. has revenue and can, can repay the, 
you know, the note in the way that we need to. We should talk about that too, but. We but should. Yeah, so. um, let, yeah. let's, let's head right in. Yeah, okay. d- dive right in. How does that work? What, how does a company qualify? For- sure. So, so every rev, there's a number of groups out there doing revenue-based funding. So I'll just talk specifically about what Sage Growth Capital does, but we, we want to see that a company has at least $300,000 in revenue for the previous 12 month period. So that's the minimum amount that we will take a look at a company. We also need to see that they have stable and growing gross margins. And so, you know, the reason for that is we want to make sure that they can service the debt. They can make the payments without putting the company into bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. And so the gross margin number that we're looking at is 40% or higher. And we will loan up to a third of their, their previous 12 months revenue. So, you know, if, if a company has 300,000 in revenue, we can loan up to a hundred thousand dollars on that money. Um, Mm -hmm. They have to have recurring revenues or some, something that looks like recurring revenue. So a lot of revenue-based funders like to invest in software as a service companies or SaaS because they're fairly easy. These are subscriptions, they're recurring revenues every month, they're sticky Mm -hmm. because we're locked into contracts. What other kinds of recurring revenues might there be? Because yeah, a lot of people do SaaS, but what else might come to mind? (laughs) Yeah, so that's why I said either recurring revenue or it looks like recurring revenue, right? So, yeah. So yeah. one of the things that we set out to prove when we started Sage Growth Capital is that you could apply revenue-based funding to other kinds of businesses that weren't necessarily subscription software. And so one of the companies that we've invested in is actually a producer of uh, commercial laundry equipment. Well, that sounds like the exact opposite of recurring revenues, right? Yeah, <laughs> um, but, <pretty> much. Yeah. <laughs> but what we found when we got into this business is that he is supplying equipment to, uh, you know, washing uh, like laundromats or larger entities that have fleet um, machines, right? And so, and those don't all go bad at once, but once he's into a a company, then he's in and they will replace their washing machines on a regular basis. And so he, he has, like I said, reoccurring revenue, like revenues. Yeah, um, yeah, and yeah. so, so we do take a look at that and we can, we have some leeway on how we interpret that, but um, software is the obvious thing, but mainly we're looking for something that's not a one-off big ticket item that people will only buy every 20 years, like a washing machine, but in a commercial <laughs> setting, it's a little bit different, right? So, right. You can project a replacement <laughs> schedule. If you yep. can project a replacement schedule based on past history, then you know, every six months, you know, this guy will have purchased four machines in six locations, I don't whatever, yep. six machines in four locations where that makes more sense. But yeah, that makes good sense. So it can be recurring revenue like SAS, or mm-hmm. it can look like it, mm-hmm. like a fleet replacement yep. process. That's interesting. And another Very thing that we would look at too is contracts. So if you're a service business, what do your contracts look like? Is it a one-time contract that runs out in six months and then you're totally done or is it multi-year contracts? So, so your contracts can also create uh, recurring revenue like revenue. And so that's yes. one thing that we would look at as well. 
Okay, so that makes sense as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Anne and I have a company in our portfolio that would qualify for this sort of thing. It's interesting to take a look at. Yeah, where they don't have a SaaS model, but we can easily see the recurrence of the revenues. Okay, so bef uh, I think Anne, we're going to have to take a break. We here. are we come back. Just we still have more questions. Oh, <laughs> we sure do. But um, just before we go to break, a quick question, uh, kind of. Uh, tongue in cheek. Um, how long did it take you to look at the commercial laundry machine <laughs> company to before you said, "Oh, okay, maybe we can do that"? It was your first initial thing. Nope, nope, not our yeah. field. Yeah, um, our so my my partner Molly, who is the one that does most of the diligence and the underwriting, she took a look and said, "No way." And, and I said, I don't know. I yeah, I said, I, I really like this entrepreneur. I really think we should take a look at them. And so uh, the, th the three partners, we actually looked at it. And after we all met with him, we went, okay, we really like this guy. And we really like what he's doing. And when we got into it, we realized, okay, this isn't a single big ticket item. There really is um, some factors that smooth out the lumps in that cycle. And so that was why you know, we ultimately invested in him, but it did take a couple of discussions like, boy, I don't know, this is not really recurring revenue. And so, um, you know, mm -hmm. it didn't take very long. We moved pretty quickly, but it, 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 it was a stumbling block for us. Uh, I would think so. Okay. We do have to take another break for our sponsors. Uh, we will be right back on VC Confidential with Denise Dunlap from Sage Growth Capital. More ways you can source capital for your company's growth on VC Confidential is coming up. Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let webmasterradio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. Webmasterradio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Ann Kennedy and Jillian Music are back with the inside scoop on what VCs are thinking and where they are investing today and tomorrow on VC Confidential, only on WMR.FM. Welcome back to VC Confidential. Today we're talking about venture debt with our guest, Denise Dunlap of Sage Growth Capital. And before the break, Denise, you were talking about the different kinds of companies and how you approach them and even and what what could look like revenue, recurring revenue, even if it isn't immediately apparent. Um, you did mention your partner, Molly. I, um, I believe you have one more partner as well. Yes. Molly Otter and Kevin Learned are my partners in Sage Growth Capital. And did they come also from the uh, tech world or, or um, what, what is their background? 
No, um, Kevin has been around a while. We joke that he's the sage of Sage Growth Capital. He has been an angel investor since the mid 90s. And he's had a variety of other careers, including being a recovering CPA, as he calls it. Um, <laughs> That's and, lovely. Yeah. And Molly uh, started her career on Wall Street. She was in distressed debt and she uh, was the CIO at Lighter Capital, which is one of the largest revenue based yes. financing uh, entities in the U.S. right now. She was there for five years before she moved to Boise and joined us here at Sage Growth Capital. So well, all three of us have uh, a lot of experience in alternative finance, I guess you will say. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I mean, you've got, you know, a CPA who says, yeah, these things pencil out. You've got somebody who had distressed debt at Wall Street. You say that she understands how to keep it from becoming distressed. All right. And you've been an operator and coming out of technology and understanding these things and kind of look at it with fresh eyes so that you're the one who's saying, oh, yes, not no. We can see this in a different light. Uh, I think all of that makes such good sense, bringing to the table um, very different strengths. So um, I don't know. Anne, you had a couple of questions. Yeah, I do. I do. And um, this has uh, been fascinating. And I, I, I keep wondering, you know, what issues have you seen that would preclude a company from qualifying for venture debt other than oh, the yeah. not having the revenues? I mean, what other issues would? Yeah, like what makes them crash and burn? <laughs> yeah. Well, so, I mean, there's that's a much longer conversation. There's lots of things that would make them crash and burn. But from, <laughs> from our standpoint, when, when we can't do a deal, it usually has to do with what's already on their balance sheet. And so we're often seeing that they have taken other kinds of funding that precludes them from taking our funding. And so what I mean by that is one of the advantages of revenue-based finance is it's, it's subordinated debt. It is not secured. So we don't take personal guarantees or liens or anything. And so we are in last position if there's any, any argument over where the revenues are going, right? So mm -hmm. even if a company has debt, that doesn't mean we can't fund them. It just means we have to be very careful about what those terms are and make sure that we aren't in a position to get cut out if the company doesn't perform. And so sometimes that will happen. There's certain types of SBA loans that will preclude company from taking on our kind of, of funding as well. So it really just depends on what we see on the balance sheet. Um, sometimes that, that's usually the biggest problem. Other things that happen at times are where the company is located. Um, each state has its own laws and its own rules around what, you know, what you can do in that state. And if the company is headquartered there, we have to observe that state's rules and regulations. And so sometimes there are certain states that we can't do our kinds of deals in at all. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, but I would say the balance sheet thing is probably the biggest issue is, uh, you know, entrepreneurs either not understanding their own balance sheet or having stuff on there that precludes us from, from investing mm -hmm. in them. Can you give us an example of a, a state rule that would say, no, you can't do that? Yeah, so um, each state has its own usury laws. And because this is debt, uh, the, you have to be aware of those. And so okay. we just ran into a situation with the state of New York that has pretty onerous usury laws. And mm -hmm. those laws specify what uh, percentage of interest can be charged. And so, Even in a company as opposed to an individual. Mm -hmm. wow. Yeah. And so that's, 
so that becomes a challenge is we, we don't want to end up running afoul of the New York state usury laws and having criminal liability for our fund. Of so course. we have to be aware of those things. And that's one of the challenges with the style of, of investing is you have to be aware of the securities laws from the equity side of the house and also the, the lending and, and financial regulatory side mm-hmm. for um, debt. Right. And tell us a little more then about something like the SBA, for example. I mean, people will, you know, capitalize their company and then they find out, ooh, and then I can't take that capital because I've done this one. What is it, for example, about this SBA uh, regulation that says, sorry, you can't do a deal? Well, and it's not a specific regulation. I think it, um, what we've seen is it, it's in the terms, like when they are paying it back, uh, in the time frame. So when we, this is a longer conversation too, but when we, when we model out our returns, we're looking at the time frame to get our principal back and then our multiple, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that's how we're gauging our risk. Obviously the shorter amount of time for us to get paid back, the lower risk. That's and, right. Um, so if the terms of not just SBA, but any loan are such that they uh, have a huge balloon payment due in six months, for instance, Um, that would be something we would say, Ooh, we can't do that because in theory, you know, you could have this million dollars that you've got to pay back right away and all that could kill the company or it could put us out, you know, another year before we start getting in. So, so a lot of that is the specific terms of the deal, um, that we have to look at. Yeah. Well, you know what? It is. This has been fascinating. Um, we're out of time. And I'm really <laughs> sorry about that. Again? <laughs> Again, it's flown by. But before we wrap it up, Denise, uh, tell our listeners how to get in touch with you. Sure. The best way to reach out to us is to go to our website, which is sagegrowthcapital.com. Sage like the plant or like the wise old person. Um, and you can reach out to us. We've got an application on our site for any company wanting to apply. We've got our full criteria and things out there that you can look at. And for investors, we're always happy to talk about this type of funding as well, because our angel colleagues are very interested in it. And um, we often go on the lecture circuit and talk about that with them too. So reach out to us from our website at sagegrowthcapital.com. Well, thank you so much, Denise. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you. It was very fun. And that's a wrap for this episode of VC Confidential. We invite you to join us each Tuesday for a new episode as we take a deep dive into the opaque world of venture capital and share learnings and ideas on the inner workings of the shrouded corner of business finance known as VC. We'd like to thank our producers at WMRO.FM who graciously hosted our previous CEO coach show for more than a decade and host our new VC Confidential show now in its 40 fifth episode. We are grateful for their long and continued support of our work. You can listen to all our episodes from both shows right here on WMR.FM and an Apple podcast, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you like to get your podcasts. I'm Ann Kennedy with Jillian Music, and we are so glad you joined us on VC Confidential. Till next week. Till next week. The opinions expressed on this program 
are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of webmasterradio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of webmasterradio.fm is prohibited.